What's up, everyone? This is your boy Fenyo. This is the Early Print Podcast. Coming at you, 9-11. Let's just say that. Uh, very interesting day, of course, for Americans, but also for us Chileans. Uh, because of Americans uh, looking to that. It's pretty interesting story, but we're not here to talk about politics or history. We're here to talk about UFC. Uh, I mean MMA, but mostly UFC. I think I'm only talking about UFC. We had a big event. I mean, it wasn't didn't feel that big, but what happened was pretty big. We have UFC 293. Adesanya defending his title against Strickland. Obviously, the huge upset. Strickland not only wins, but wins by a dominant decision. We'll get into that. You know what? Let's get into that right now. So, how did Strickland win this one? Um, so, before the fight, uh, in my prediction, I said that Strickland needed to get into Isanya's face, go with the pressure, despite not being that good at, at pressuring. I said that Strickland had some good tools to pressure people, despite the... the the flaws with his footwork and here he did that but he did he did it with a much more measure style measure style that I was expecting for him to work and that was because Strickland made some some pretty good improvements uh, first of all um, the defense of Strickland his his heart uh, the shell behind he fights has a lot of people have had been made, making fun of Strickland for that. I always defended that it is Strickland is a solid defensive fighter. It has flaws. His system is not perfect, but he has very good eyes. He rolls with punches. He parries. Uh, he swats at, uh, at the strikes, and he does that very well. But here we saw an improvement, and I I think the the improvements to the defense of Strickland uh, come down to two things, and uh, it they both relate to things that I have talked about in the past. Uh, first one is, uh, let's talk about the leg kicks first. Uh, Strickland, I always said that Strickland fights very tall in a narrow stance. But despite that, uh, because he's so much of a jabber, he always fights very heavy on his front foot. And and that makes it harder for him to, to defend against kicks. Against kicks. Um, I said that... Uh, I remember criticizing, and I don't know if it was Bisping, because someone said that, oh, because of his narrow stance, he has trouble defending kicks. And I said, no, quite the contrary. On, on Muay Thai, every, uh, uh, we see all the time uh, guys fighting out of tall stances with that uh, light front foot light and defending kicks very well. I think a tall stance is better to defending kicks than a wide stance. That that one is pretty obvious. Uh, wide stance, it still has its... Its advantages. Uh, you can use the in and out movement to deal with the kicks. Uh, Wonder uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson does a good job. He's a lot harder to leg kick than you would think. But in the case of Strickland, he uh, fought out of a way more balanced stance, not so front foot heavy. He was shifting his uh, weight forward to to jabbing. But usually he was staying a lot more balanced, and that allowed him to kick a lot, uh, to check a lot of the kicks. And and I gotta give a lot of props to Strickland here because he, you can tell he put on the work during camp, and his timing to check the kicks was very good, and his eyes were very good. Uh, the eyes of Strickland always been good, but here uh, the, the 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 defense of kicks was 
wasn't stellar, to be honest. I mean, uh, Adesanya was not doing much in the way of like setting up or putting layers to to his kicks, to his kicks. But but Strickland was like seeing every kick, shaking, uh, pulling back. Uh, the pullback was also a, a good improvement for Strickland, especially when he was a a bit more more heavy on the front foot and Adesanya was shooting. He was quick to shift his way backwards and well, pull back. The, the leg is not there to be kicked. He was using high checks to to protect again the middle kicks. So that was all good stuff and all that come from the sparring. Uh, the other the other thing about uh, Strickland here, um, he was doing the the outstretching hands, the pairing and the sweating, but he was uh, uh, a lot more like putting behind his craft guard, uh, sleeping, and and staying very aware of what's coming uh, after the first shot that has been uh, a problem for Strickland in the past, especially Strickland either gets uh, hit uh, during the second, third, fourth uh, punch of a combination, or he tends to like give space back. I think he was a lot more consistent here on just sleeping and looking to sleep the other way, or then starting using the parries after the sleep. Uh, but his system of defense looked uh, improved. As it, it obviously still has flaws. I think a good combination puncher would still give Strickland troubles in a prolonged exchange. Uh, but I think uh, the follow-ups to his fierce layer of defense were were a lot better in this one. Uh, the footwork here, um, the footwork of Strickland, another thing that it's always being criticized, especially because um, he tends to follow people around the cage. He crosses his feet a lot when he's following people, just to make it more efficient. Um, uh, to, to stay on top of people, obviously there's dangers in crossing your feet, even when you're doing it from way outside. But I've been telling, and I'm not like giving myself flowers here, just telling it how it is. I've been saying for quite a while now that Strickland has good positioning in the pocket. Uh, you can tell the... I, I've always described Strickland as a guy that... To me, Strickland looks like a guy that spars a lot in a crowded room because he's like very good in like staying aware close quarters not not that good at using the space but inside he's pretty good and here he showed a lot of that uh, especially like taking taking an angle to the left uh, with his jab to sneak the right hand he was doing that a lot um he was always like giving Adesanya the option to escape to Adesanya's left but he was always lining it up with the right hand. Uh, those right hands to catch opponents on the breaks that I said are a good, very good pressuring tool for Strickland. They show their faces here. Uh, for Isanya's part, I think the, the trouble was that, and, and some of these are like tendencies that he has been developing in MMA for a long time. I think Isanya uh, is easy to pressure against the cage. Uh, Betori had no trouble doing that. Pereira had no trouble doing that. Uh, Blachowicz, for uh, for either reason, didn't choose to do that a lot, but had success in the few times that he pushed Adesanya against the cage. Uh, Easy was not uh, finding his counters because uh, Easy not that great of a counter puncher. He has good eyes. He has the power, but he's not a like super layered uh, counter puncher, and his punching form during counters is not as clean. I think uh, people overrated him as. Uh, as a counter puncher, especially because of the first Whitaker fight, where where he found like Whitaker 
hilariously out of position. And Alessandra in that sequence, while knocking out uh, Robert, he was out of position himself, throwing for the hip, leaning back. Uh, not a good look. Uh, here, Strickland exploit that, exploited that. Easy was conceding ground. He was getting on top of him. Strickland very picky with his offense, like not the kind of like a Strickland volume that we are accustomed to. He was a lot more like defense, 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 any opening, attacking. Uh, and it's like very hard to pull off. So I'm very impressed with Chan Strickland in this performance, to be honest. A lot of people were saying he's trash, close the division. Now I think this was a very good performance. I'm giving props to Chan Strickland. Independent of how trash he is of a person. And, and honestly, I think... Uh, Stringland is just like very obnoxious and ignorant and and I'm not defending the guy here. He's an adult, he should know better. But I think Strickland is like not really worse than most MMA fighters. You see like guys like Sterling or O'Malley like going to bat defending Andrew Tate. Uh, I don't think Stringland is a lot worse than that. He says some wild shit, but, but just because the other guys are not like saying it out loud but supporting like... The things that O'Malley said about his wife, uh, Alderman Sterling basically defending, <laughs> I mean, bl uh, victim blaming. It's all like crazy stuff. MMA is terrible. I'm not defending Strickland here. I'm not a fan of Strickland as a character. I'm just saying like he's, to me, it's just like, just another guy that just happens to be super annoying. Also don't fair, I think, to, to call him a neo-Nazi. Um, I think he has denounced that part of his life and and with his upbringing, like him being an ignorant kid, I think it's it's okay that he got out of that. I is he still racist? I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. I think he's probably trash. I think he has like super bad views on on a woman and and gay people even though i don't think his views on those departments are particularly bad among mma fighters i just he's just like super average bad but he has like a loud mouth he's very annoying i understand why people dislike strickland a lot i'm not a fan now let's get back into the fight but yeah the, the that part i think a lot of people blow out blow the proportions out of what strickland is saying when most mma fighters are super super bad uh i saw it like uriah hall that is like was a darling of the the community for a long time like defending andrew tate with super shit days commenting from instagram with a with a profile picture of him wearing a stupid suit like <laughs> mma is such a bad sport everyone sucks man and strickland strickland sucks too no i'm not defending just going on a side rant but yeah let's get back into the fight i was saying he was taking the angles to the side uh, lining up the right hand, he was using uh, beautiful work with the deep here. Uh, Strickland always had a good front kick, and he was using here to interrupt Isis' flow, especially when uh, Alessandra was moving his head. Instead of trying to track him down with the hands and allowing Isis a counter, he was just like, "Okay, I'm pushing you back with the with the tip uh, or digging digging to the body there here and there." Uh, Strickland, obviously, as we know, had. A an insane knockdown on the first round, uh, lying at the right hand. Uh, the left hook of Strickland, a bit of a mess, but the right hand, when he throws it straight, it's pretty dangerous. And I don't know, overall, Strickland uh, didn't, not, didn't look to me like a pound-for-pound pound great fighter, but he looked very solid. I think uh, we gotta admit that he put on a good performance, just like 
Yamaha Hill did against uh, Glover Teixeira. Again, we're talking about bad divisions, uh, especially fights where the opposition did not do that great of a job. I'm not going to pretend that like Adesanya looked great here. He looked pretty bad, but I think a lot of him looking bad was thanks to Strickland taking advantages of his flaws. Uh, great shout out to Eric Nixick for the great game plan, but it's not all Nixick. Like Strickland put on the put on the hours, put on the time to to adapt his game, make improvements. Uh, he stayed consistent during the whole fight. Um, he won the fight, like, props to Strickland. What's, what's next to the middleweight division? I'm not sure. Uh, probably Duplessis against Strickland would be the fight that makes the most sense. And that's, like, a disgusting fight. <laughs> I'm I'm defending Strickland here, but... Dude, it sucks that that's a title fight in, in the UFC in 2023. Uh, I think I would root for Strickland, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't like Strickland, but Duplessis is too much, man. Too much. Um, Dana saying that he wants to give Easy the rematch. Not sure I agree with that. Uh, Adesanya has lost quite a few fights in his title reign. He's he lost like not long ago. He lost against Jan before that. I mean, the Jan you cannot hold against him, but he lost to Pereira. He lost to Strickland here. He was losing to Pereira. I don't know, man. Uh, I I rather see Duplessis versus Strickland as much as that sucks. Man. Um, but yeah. Not close to the division, maybe you guys are right, just close to the division. Co-main event, we had Alexander Volkov versus Sai Tuivasa. I predict Volkov would be too much for Tuivasa. I've always proven to be right. Uh, Volkov, very solid performance here. He was shedding, shaking kicks. I think um, Volkov, him being uh, like a good good, uh, good low kicker. But but he was he had trouble dealing with the leg kicks of Cyril uh, Gunn in their fight a little bit. Uh, obviously... So you're gonna better leg kicker than Tuivasa, but Tuivasa not bad at leg kicking. Uh, Volkov making full, taking full advantage of his length uh, uh, advantage. Uh, he was defensively, he he looks solid here. Uh, improved head movement, especially is something that Volkov has been sketchy at times. Just uh, depending a bit too much on the distance management. He was taking angles uh, after grabbing a hold of Tuivasa. I think Volkov looked very solid here. End of the fight comes. Uh, Bokov started dropping Tuivasa off the leg kicks, uh, just or just like pushing him or grabbing the leg and dropping, like not dropping like knockdown, but just like putting him on the floor. And Bokov gets to mount, works for an arm triangle, a, a few bits, and he gets a nice kill choke. Obviously a meme choke, but I think it's it has a bit of a place in heavyweight division, especially against battle position. Um, the kill obviously you shouldn't be able to pull it off against anyone good, but. But if it's there, like, it's a very, like, it's a submission that you locked in and you get the win, like, instantly. The problem, the, the, the trouble, obviously, is getting to lock it in against a good fighter, you know? Obviously, but if the Ezekiel is there, I think it is a good technique just because it's the, the, you get the tap so fast and there's no way out of it. Um, we were talking on Twitter earlier earlier about the, the arm triangle. The arm triangle is hard to get against big people. Oh, sometimes you just, I, I grapple with like people way bigger than me. I'm around like a banana weight size. Um, I grappled with like 180, 190 plus uh, pound guys. Uh, obviously like similar level to me. So I was not getting walked over. I was not grappling like an actual good grappler, big, 
that guy would obviously <laughs> just tap me immediately. Now that was I was grappling with the guys with similar uh, levels similar to me. Maybe I was like a bit better, uh, maybe a bit more athletic and better in the jiu-jitsu game, but they were compensating with the size. I and when I got to when I get to mount, I always look for arm triangle, and arm triangle was hard to get. Not just because I have a very strong squeeze, um, but sometimes you don't against like big people. You don't apply the pressure in the right direction, and you just don't get the the shoulder against the neck, and you don't get the tap. And obviously, they they're being bigger. They still like even if your squeeze is very strong, it's harder to squeeze against a, a wider dude, especially to us a big dude. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the, the arm triangle is like, it gets harder to get uh, against bigger people and the SQL, I think it, it kind of gets easier to get, especially Volkov that has like super long arms. Uh, I, I, I get it, man. It's still a meme submission, but it's something interesting to look out for. Uh, maybe Alainik was telling us like, the, the SQL is the submission against big guys. Uh, Shoutouts to Ben Con, my colleague of the fight side. Uh, before that, we have Manel Cap against Felipe Dos Santos. Uh, great fight. Cap looked good here. Uh, Dos Santos put on a great, great performance here. Uh, I'm not sure Dos Santos should be should be on the UFC right now. I mean, obviously, he has the level. He has the skills. He's a very good fighter. And as, I, as it came to my attention by one of my followers, uh, he's obviously, like, changing his life. Despite how bad the, the pay in the UFC is, it's a lot better than like regional promotions in Brazil or or basically any promotion except like the PFL or one that I, I'm guessing they're paying something similar to what the UFC is paying sometimes better for the mid-level guys but the thing for the thing for Felipe is that uh, he's like taking damage in these fights he was like dropped once he was hurt like three times in this fight uh, he's very good, man. He has a lot of good qualities, but I think, and he has quite a few fights. But I think he needs, uh, he needs more fights uh, against a mid level of competition. That the problem with UFC, especially at flyweight, is that flyweight is shallow, but uh, like everyone is good, so you're not getting easy fights at flyweight. There are very few fighters that are like kind of mid. So yeah, Dos Santos probably can get wins in the division. I'm not saying like he's not ready for the UFC. I think for his career, for his career, long time, uh, long term, I think it should be better for him to develop uh, a little bit, especially in the defense. Um, he's getting hit hard uh, in every fight. He was he was also like absorbing a lot of damage in his last fight before this. And I don't. I'm not sure that's the the path to take when you are a super young fighter. I think if you guys look at guys that are were already like super good, like I mean sometimes it works out. Obviously for Felipe dos Santos' teammate uh, Alex Oliveira do Bronx, it worked for for him. Like he Oliveira was able to get to his prime, still like not being super injured, not being not being like too concussed despite the amount of losses that he took. Uh, obviously, Oliveira looking great. But, but yeah, I'm not sure that's that's like super reliable for everyone. Uh, if you see like other cases, like for example, Conor McGregor that was very good when he was super young. He still took it slow and fought like 
uh, first like super easy level of competition. He took his submission losses against like decent opponents actually for for what he was at the time. Then he took like a mid level of competition, the Kish Warriors, and then got to the UFC and the UFC like built him up. Obviously, not everyone gets that privilege when they get to the UFC, and that's that's something to consider. Uh, but Dos Santos, I'm not. I'm not like saying, oh, I don't want to watch Dos Santos. I obviously want to watch the guy. He's he's so much fun to watch. He's so good. He's lacking in some of the defense, but he makes up for it with the aggression, with being a dog, uh, with the skills everywhere. I think he's lacking a bit on the transition side. Uh, I've said in the full preview how he has a very good like like double leg takedown. Obviously, cap very hard to take it in under those terms, but I think he could... Uh, make a very incorporation of his striking and the wrestling and the clinch because he looks solid in the clinch but he did not have uh, a lot of entries uh, something that Simon Amory mentioned uh, on Twitter and I, I agree a lot with that but yeah I mean excited uh, for Dos Santos just hope he has a good career uh, for Cap good stuff uh, very good performance obviously he had to drop uh, like an F slur on the post fight interview <laughs> because of course we have two F slurs and none None of them was saved by Sean Strickland. <laughs> uh, we get about the first one in a bit. Before that, Justin Taffa fought Austin Lane. Uh, whatever, like, Taffa, big knockout. Uh, caught him with the overhand left from open stances. Uh, rocked him before that with a, with a right hook, uh, with a lead right hook. Uh, no, I don't know. We know Taffa hits hard. Uh, Austin Lane keeps demonstrating that People should not get that excited about NFL players. Um, yeah, like that that does not guarantee that you're a good MMA fighter. Uh, also, like not terrible. I mean, he's like, I had a, a lot of trouble like getting to say stuff about him in the full preview. But I think like he's he has a, like the right kind of athleticism, but he's not developing very well. I think a lot of the problem that the NFL guys have is that they do not have a background in combat sports, so they are very uncomfortable like exchanging with guys, even when they have the attributes. Um, and also, I, I don't know if you've seen like an ego thing or what, but they don't think to develop as fast as some other guys that come with no background whatsoever. I think they have a lot of trouble developing like the more pure skills that are not so athleticism dependent and MMA for whatever reason has a surprising amount of good athletes at heavyweight um, yeah we see a lot of guys that look super mid but then you guys you see guys like Junior Dos Santos Cain uh, Velasquez obviously Cain coming from from a wrestling background but we get a surprising amount of good athletes in, in MMA we have Cyril Gunn right now Francis Ngannou uh, Tom Aspinall and then the NFL guys come and they see that these guys are just as quick and powerful maybe the NFL guys are like more athletic like raw raw but these guys can compete with them and have the skills and they do not have the success that people expect them to have to be honest Tyson Pedro fought Antor Turkali I think Turkali looked better but it was a worse fight for him i was saying that turkali looks a lot improved on twitter uh, just moments before he got knocked out but i i i stand by it uh he was uh, staying more balanced over his strikes he um the striking form looked a lot better he was moving better inside the octagon but he did not develop the the defense and tyson pedro uh i don't think tyson pedro is very good but 
he hits very hard, he's dangerous, he has accuracy. So yeah, good for Pedro. Oh, Pedro apparently is city kickboxing right now, second fight there, I think. Uh, before that, Carlos Ulberg for Down Jong. I thought Ulberg was going to get the quick knockout. Was not the case. Down Jong very tentative. Just looking for um, for leg kicks for most of the fight. Uh, then on the third round, like Down Jong, when he was already like battered, uh, he tried to make it a dogfight, and Ulberg uh, immediately starts falling apart. But then Ulberg was uh, showed us that he was like a way better athlete. Took him down. And did good stuff from top position. Uh, so good for Ulberg for showing, showing a bit of dog in this fight, to be honest. Um, against a mid guy, but that's alright. Um, and yeah, the the boss fight callout, uh, he goes for Dominic Reyes. And come on, dude. Come on, dude. Do not call poor Dominic Reyes. What are you doing? Uh, like, <laughs> There's like... I don't know, there's Jacoby in there, there's Roundtree, those are strikers that won't take you down. Uh, I understand, like, obviously Reyes is, like, the bigger name, but Reyes has looked so trash, man. You cannot call out that dude. Be better than that. Chepe Mariscal fought Jack Jenkins, and what I was expecting to be, like, the best fight of the night. Uh, kinda. Not Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jenkins... Super, super solid on the first round, uh, going at it with the leg kicks, uh, countering. But then Mariscal, as the as the round started to progress, Mariscal was starting to get success, like pushing Jenkins back. Jenkins, uh, sharp counters, moving backwards, but not a lot in, on the way of like taking angles, side to side movement. So Mariscal was getting him to the to the cage, grabbing uh, clinches here and there, uh, but not not making much of it. Like the first round, clear clear for Jenkins. Second round comes, and I don't know if it was adjustment by Mariscal himself or his corner, but Mariscal just pushing hard against the cage all the time, uh, landing some brutal knees to the to the thigh, and finding the like, knees knees to the body too, making Jack Jenkins work very hard. Uh, Jenkins got out of the clinch like twice, and Mariscal just put him there again. Um, that's clearly like one of the weaknesses of Jenkins' game. Um, very reliant on being athletic um, to defend the, the wrestling. I think he's a solid wrestler, but he lacks a bit of nuance. And it showed here that his, his classic escape was just uh, the crossfit and the pivot to get out of the clinch was not working against Mariscal that has like a strong foundation in the clinch. I think he has a judo background. And talking about judo, uh, Chepe Mariscal goes for his trademark, Haragochi. Uh, Jack Jenkins post... Uh, bad on the ground. It was not a good uh, fall break by Jack Jenkins and he broke his arm. And that's the end of the fight. Uh, some people were saying this is a completely a fluke. I do not agree. I, I, uh, it is a fluke in the sense of that it's a very low chance that happens. But it was like an intentional technique by Mariscal and Jack Jenkins showed bad defense. The, 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 the break fall. <laughs> the fall break was not uh, very good. Uh, you do not post like that. You try to roll. Um, and yeah, I mean, he broke his arm against... Uh, and it's a, a technique that Mariscal does all the time. So Jack Jenkins should have been ready for that. So yeah, I mean, I'm considered this a legit win for Mariscal. I'm sorry if that offends anyone. I still think Jack Jenkins is a very promising prospect. I hope he recovers soon, uh, addresses some of the 
of the cage craft issues. And exciting to excited to see Jack Jenkins again in the cage, and obviously very excited about Shepard. Uh, a big fan of both of these fighters. I was predicting Jack Jenkins to to win. I thought uh, one of my criticisms for Shepard Mariscal coming into this fight is was that Shepard Mariscal tends to tends to like just vibe and get whatever fight the opponent gives him, and I felt like that was the case in round one. But he showed I don't know if he like adaptability of his own or coach ability because I did not see the the corner work, but he. He pushed for his advantage here. Uh, the end, obviously, a bit weird, but I think he was clearly winning second round. Um, and Jenkins was not showing a lot of uh, answers to what Mariscal was doing. So uh, even if you consider this a fluke, you gotta admit, like, Chepe Mariscal was not, like, taking over the fight necessarily, but he was winning second round. So they were probably moving into a third round, being one-on-one. So, yeah, I mean... You cannot discredit the guy, Shepard Mariscal, a very good fighter. Jack Jenkins, a very good fighter. A good fight, good stuff. Uh, it sucks that Jenkins had to get injured, obviously, but we need to understand this This sport is about inflicting damage on other fighters. Uh, knockouts are a guaranteed concussion, and a concussion can be a lot worse than a broken arm. So make of that what you will. Before that, Jamie Mularkey fought John McDessie. A uh, good fight. Uh, but the decision was sketchy, man. I mean, I was predicting Mularki to win here using his length. And he came well prepared into this fight. Mularki was uh, making his jab very unpredictable with a lot of fainting, uh, floating with the jab on the outside, sometimes throwing it for the from the high guard. Uh, not a lot of like weaving into shots that we've seen Mularki do in the past. And here Mularki very, very committed to... To countering kicks. Every time he got kicked, he returned uh, an inside leg kick, an outside leg kick, and he was, uh, especially inside leg kicks, he was doing very good stuff with that. He was looking very disciplined. Uh, second round was getting close, uh, was pretty close. Mularki is still winning uh, the round for most of it, but then at the end of the round, uh, Magdesi does the, like, the leaps into, into range, squares his shoulder. Since Mularki is not reacting, fires the right hand. I think Mularki was expecting the jab and never saw it coming from the uh, from his left side. That is uh, Magdesi's right, and Magdesi gets a knockdown. Um, I got a reply saying that it was a push. I mean, it was a push, but he was pushed to the ground because he did not have legs because of the of the punch to the shin. You can say his knees collapsing. Uh, that's a knockdown in my in my book, to be honest. Uh, and, and I think in a lot of boxing fights, it, it would get scored as a knockdown as well. If you like go finally to the ground because you get shot after a big punch, that's a knockdown, in my opinion, at least. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, Magdesi totally steals the round with that. He hurt um, Malarki bad there. And then the third round, it was all Magdesi, like honestly, all Magdesi. Uh, he was starting, I think, Mularki, now that he got hurt, he got a bit less, uh, less responsible with, uh, and disciplined with his jab. He was throwing it more predict predictably. And Magdesi was starting to put together the, the sleep counters that he's so good at, that he put to good use against Bahamondas. And I thought Magdesi won the third round for sure. I scored it super easily, 2-3 and three for Magdesi, 29-28. But the judges did not agree. They gave the hometown decision to Mularki. Uh, and it sucks, man. It's, uh, these kind of losses uh, hurt a lot uh, the old fighters, especially Mularki, I think, could have take, taken the loss here. And it 
shouldn't be as bad. Uh, I think that this was a very good performance, a great late career performance for McDesi. So that's good. Uh, before that, Nasrath Hakperast fought Landon Quinones. I was predicting that Landon Quinones could make this very interesting because I felt like he was a lot better prepared to deal with a with a close stance matchup because this was Southpaw versus Southpaw. Uh, he kind of proved me right, especially going with the leg kicks. Um, the leg kicks, especially he he fried the leg of Hakparas, and uh, we've seen Hakparas ha having trouble with the leg kicks in the past. But then Hakparas, uh, and the reason why I showed uh, what I picked Hakparas at the end was because he's so he just such a good athlete. He's so powerful, and he has like a lot of versatility to his one-two game. And here he shown so a few new looks. I think the the lead right hook by Hakparas looked uh, career best here, he was countering with that. Um, me and Sriram, we were talking about how they were like taking turns with the 1-2 early in the fight, but then Hakpara started start showing up with the, uh, with the lead right hook on the counter, and that was like putting Quinones on notice. Um, and then Hakpara was like uh, putting combinations together, going to the body, and I think that's a great development because he was looking like solid, like he was not bullshitting those punches. I made a bit of criticism to the punching form of Haparas because Haparas hit so hard upstairs. I don't think the connections to the body were that clean. I think he could use a bit of an improvement, especially if he gets like tighter hooks to the body. He could, he could get people out of there or do a lot more damage. But but that's just like nitpicky. Like the 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 fact that he was putting like meaningful combinations going to the body was a very good development for Haparas. A good win. Quinones looks solid here. I think he looked a lot better than he did in the Ultimate Fighter. I th I hope he gets another fight. Uh, he looks like a good addition to lightweight and good for Hakparas. Uh, before that, Charles Ratke fought Blood Diamond. Fucking mess of a fight. It was awful. Um, by the way, I do not think Ratke won this. I thought uh, Blood Diamond won the first round. And the third round, the first one, like, it was Ratke just holding him. He got hurt pretty bad early in the round, so uh, easy easy round for Blood Diamond. Second round, yeah, Ratke puts it together, hurts Blood Diamond pretty bad. He wants that one, that's completely fair. And then the third round, it was all Blood Diamond, like Ratke just trying to get takedowns. So obviously, Blood Diamond gets a point deduction for, for knees to the balls. Like, it was two or three, I don't know, but yeah, he got the point deduction. I think this one should have been a draw. Uh, Blood Diamond won two rounds, Ratki won one, the point deduction one to one. It's whatever, Ratki gets the win and he obviously drops DF um, slur on the post-fight interview. So yeah, I mean, well, fuck that guy, to be honest. Um, Gabriel Miranda defeated Shane Young. Shane Young looked like crap here. Um, uh, Miranda took the back. Instead of like taking the back standing, Matt return gets the rear naked choke super quick. Uh, that's it for Shane Young in the UFC. It sucks. I think he was a lot better than he showed in his last like four performances. But if you don't win, you you cannot stay. I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for Miranda, MMA masters. I'm I'm not sure if they are solid yet, but I hope not because for Colby fights out of there. But <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like yeah, a decent camp, maybe. But yeah, Miranda, good addition to featherweight. Uh, it's uh, good to have like another like a sprint grappler going on there. 
and on the first fight of the fan of the night, Kevin Jose for Kiefer Crosby, the Irishman, and got a rear naked choke with 10 seconds left of the first round. Um, uh, you said making good uh, work with the jab and the leg kick. That's like his bread and butter. Uh, Crosby was doing uh, accomplishing some stuff, like bringing the world to him. The problem with Crosby is that he's not that great of an athlete, and he's not that like that durable or has good eyes in the pocket. So he gets into a lot of wars, and it's a lot like coin flipping for him. And and for him, he did not look like that. Uh, they get into the clinch. Uh, Crosby tries a wizard kick. Uh, Kevin Jose apparently a uh, judo black belt. Uh, so yeah, he took the back uh, from there and got the rear naked choke. Crosby's super delayed uh, reaction to defend uh, the hands on the rear naked choke got choked out. And that's it. That was the event. Uh, was it good? I mean, I guess. I guess the main event made it like, kind of worth it. Uh, if you haven't seen the fights, I would say watch the main event. It was a good performance. Polkov was alright. Um, oh yeah, Manel Cap versus Felipe dos Santos was the best fight of the night. It was not um, Mariscal versus uh, Jenkins. Um, but also watch Mariscal versus Jenkins. I mean, most fights were alright, to be honest. Not a lot of like super boring fights. Uh, the worst fight was probably the Carlos Sulberg versus Down Young, and it was still kind of funny. So yeah, I mean, the pay-per-view looked like trash on paper. And it was a bit better on practice. <laughs> Don't want to give the UFC too many kudos about that. Um, what else we have um, waiting? We have Contender Series tomorrow. I uh, think I'm going to cover that live. And then this weekend we have UFC Fight Night or UFC Noche. <laughs> I don't know why they're calling that, but it's a fight night and it has a title fight uh, as the main event, uh, the rematch between Alexa Grasso versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko. By the way, this is not uh, this is not uh, a, a pay-per-view. No, this is not on Mexico. <laughs> this is on this is on the United States. So this is just like pandering with the stupid fucking name, the UFC Noche shit. Uh, they during the promotions, they, they play like a super insensitive, like Mexican jingle uh, when promoting this fight. It's a fucking mess of a promotion. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll talk about because I think I'm making a full preview about this. But yeah, we have uh, Josephine Knudson, uh, the girl that did, did not get signed on the, in the Contender Series. She's getting signed anyway. Um, she's fighting some girl called Marnik Man. I don't know her. We have Charlie Campbell versus Alex Reyes at lightweight. Um, I, oh yeah, Alex Reyes is that guy that... Jesus Christ, is that guy that got need by, by Mike Perry five years ago, almost six years ago? And yeah, and Charlie Campbell, a newcomer, so... Then we have Tracy Cortez versus Jasmine Jasuda Vicious. That's a good fight, an interesting fight for flyweight. Uh, we have Edgar Chaires versus Daniel Lacerda. Jesus, they kept Lacerda? Do this in a four-fight losing streak. Wow. I mean, Lacerda is good. I'm, I'm, I'm not like, oh, cut this guy. But man, the Lacerda is not, a, is not able to win in the UFC like at all. And they still keep him. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Chaires, uh, he's cool. 
It's cool. I support Chires. Um, so yeah, Chires cool. <laughs> he looked good in the Tetsuro Tyra fight. Almost killed Tyra. So yeah, this probably is going to be a banger. Maybe Lacerda gets his first win. I don't think so, but still. We have Kobilov versus Josh Fremd. Uh, yeah, I talk about that. Um, hope Kobilov wins, I guess. Uh, Lupita Godinez is fighting Elise Reed. Elise Reed is... Elise Reed is coming off a win. Oh. I thought Jinju Fry beat Elise Reed in their last fight. I'm pretty sure that, that was a bad decision. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought Elise Reed was like super getting caught after this, but because Lupita is winning here like 100%. But no, probably not, actually. Uh, we have Fernando Padilla versus Kyle Nelson. Uh, Padilla, I'm not a fan of Padilla, man. Uh, but she, maybe striking Kyle Nelson's kind of boring now, and now that he's boring, he's kind of good. <laughs> I'm joking a lot about that. Shout out Sandro for that. Uh, we have Daniel Selhuber. He's Mexican, by the way, despite the name. Uh, he's fighting Christos Yawas. I think that's a good test for the for the young kid. Uh, we have Raul Rosas against a guy that lost on the ground against a striker now, just two months ago. So they are super gifting Rosas a uh, win here. And I do not support that, to be honest. Uh, I'll be honest here, I'm uh, not a huge fan of Rosas. Uh, I think he's good. He has a lot of potential, but I mean, doesn't find in a way that I find it very interesting. And I think the, the UFC is trying to baby him. They thought for sure he was going to win his last fight against Christian Rodriguez. Was not the case. He got sunned. So yeah, I mean, hopefully, maybe Terrence Mitchell wins this one too. I don't know. Um, so yeah, not a lot of good fights. So yeah, kind of regretting the full preview thing, but nah, I'm probably going to do it anyway. Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena is the co-main event, and that's a great fight. Uh, Kevin Holland a lot better than I like to admit. So this one's probably very, very interesting. And the main event is Alexa Grasso versus Shevchenko. That's a very good fight. Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think Valentina was winning the fight before the getting shocked out. I think Valentina was like winning super easy when she was sticking to like basic moves like the the jab, uh, the jab, the leg kick, and the double take double leg takedown. And then she was getting in trouble for doing like dumber shit, like the Superman punch, the spinning back face, the spinning back kick. The spinning back kick, obviously, what got her in trouble at the end. But yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm guessing people are expecting Grasso to win. Uh, here in Topology, Shevchenko is the favorite by 59% of the votes, so who knows. I know, Valentina is the favorite, yeah. That's fair, that's fair. I, I think I'm picking Valentina, but I would have to watch uh, tape first. But... It is what it is. Um, and I think that's that's basically the podcast, guys. Um, I think we had a good talk about uh, the Strickland thing, the pay-per-view overall. And so we're moving on to, to the ad read. <laughs> because I want you guys to remember that this podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. What is X Marshall? X Marshall is a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the Jiu-Jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. Xmartial offers a range of products including rash guards, shorts, spats, geese, streetwear, and training equipment. 
use code the fight site to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight site, all caps, no spaces. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to the mailing list and follow their socials at XMarshallOfficial. So once again, thank you XMarshall for sponsoring us. And talking about uh, more stuff like that. <laughs> Remember to support us guys on Patreon. We have new content coming out this week and you get access to a huge backlog of exclusive content, a lot of video um, content especially that we cannot put on any other platform. It goes to the Patreon, good stuff. And also you get access to our Discord server, a very active community of very cool people to talk about fighting and whatever else you want. We have a ton of channels over there. Also, I wanna th say thank you again to everyone that was been, has been supporting my coffee campaign. I'm offering commissions, um, 25 bucks you get a video analysis. Um, I'm putting the, the first one today or tomorrow. It's a Muay Thai one, so watch out for that, should be interesting. Uh, I still have a few a few slots for commissions, so if you want to, to get your video, or maybe you want to wait for, for the results of, of how the video looks, and maybe you can commission after that, but Thank you so much for everyone for the support. Uh, very, very grateful for the community that I'm, that I'm in here in, in on the MMA, the Twitter, the Discord in from the fight side and all of that. Thank you guys so much for that. And if you want to support me, go to my coffee. If you want to support the fight side as an ongoing project, you can go to the fight side Patreon. All links are in the description. Thank you so much, guys, and I see you probably in a few days while I do the full preview. I'll torture myself to watch my bad fights for you. Love you guys. Bye.